Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a show where we save the best and burn the rest. And that's take three of the intro, but that time was much better, so we're keeping that one, Why right, are you Jesse? Telling people <laughs> that we're so terrible. <laughs> no, we're letting them know that we're giving them the best quality possible, even if it takes a couple of takes to get there. That's, that's true. how much we care about you, dear Ladies listener. and gentlemen, this is our confession time. We just recorded two full length episodes, and we didn't think they were good <laughs> enough, so we're doing this a third time. This is three hours in, but this is what we're doing for you. <laughs> Imagine recording. No, okay, we didn't quite do that, but <laughs> but we would for you if we needed to. We love you that much because today we're talking about something pretty full on. I think uh, a pretty serious issue uh, that's very much all over the media right now. You're seeing it everywhere, and so we thought we probably need to talk about it, even though we kind of don't want to. <laughs> that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Whitaker's new chocolate peanut butter ice cream bar. Don't talk to me about that. I can't even eat it and I want to and it looks so good. (laughs) It's good. I'll just say it's good. But no, we're not talking about um, new ice cream. We are talking about COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, which is everybody's talking about the coronavirus, even though they've called it COVID-19. Kind of taken the world by storm. I'm saying that like it's a new trend or like a new fashion or something like that. But literally the world has kind of gone mad around this this thing this this yeah. virus well it's kind of weird because i mean i first heard about it through memes not through the news which <laughs> i think is very telling of our time you know yeah. what i mean i saw all these memes about coronavirus and i was like what like and yeah. i didn't get it and then i looked it up and i'm like oh this is actually like a thing yes <laughs> yeah i i first found out about this through um a video that somebody had made i don't know if you've seen this of this um this like Geordie um, chick um, from like Northern uh, UK, like pouring Corona beers down the drain to try and protect her and her fiance from the coronavirus. <laughs> it's so funny. I swear this must be like the same kind of people who think chocolate milk comes from brown cows or something. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But hey, I mean, before we get into it, um, serious talk for a moment um i mean yeah we, we're not trying to use this for clickbait or anything we're talking about it because we think there are some like serious christian principles we can cover in all of this but um it's important to like we do want to say we are taking taking this seriously and we yep. want you to as well yeah 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 well i mean look so most of you probably um have a fair understanding of what COVID 19 is at this point in time um we don't know exactly where it came from, but we do know that it came from a Chinese um, fish meat market in um, in mainland China. And since it's come out, um, it has gone all around the world. So there's very few places in the world now that are safe, fully safe, because we live in a highly connected world. Um, so... Right off the bat, obviously, there are certain things that all of us need to do 
in order to keep ourselves safe you know we need to be able to wash our hands and you know if we think we've come into contact with somebody go to see a doctor that sort of thing um there are some very basic things that we should all do but i think that a lot of people who are talking about COVID 19 right now are talking about it in sort of a panicky way and i don't think that's super helpful for um for the conversation that we need to have as a global community about this disease and the way that we need to tackle it absolutely um so i mean yeah make sure you're staying educated not buying into all the fake news about it um and yeah staying um yeah staying staying uh, what's the word i'm looking for um clean uh yeah 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 washing your hands not touching your face and all that kind of stuff like when I'm you're in public right now yeah oh it's so that is one thing i've really learned about myself in the last two weeks i love touching my face and i don't know why and it is so so hard as soon as somebody says don't touch your face it is so hard to not touch your face yeah this is probably not helping that we're well i mean i i realized that just a few weeks ago as well when i was editing these podcast um episodes and i was like we've, we've been putting these podcast episodes up on youtube now so if you want to watch these episodes, go to youtube.com and type in Burn the Haystack. You can actually watch our episodes now, not just listen to them. But when editing, I found that, um, yeah, I was touching my face all the time, scratching my nose. And then when you realize it, everything becomes itchy and you want to, it's, yeah, it's bad. So don't do that. <laughs> yep. Don't do, do that. Do not do that. Yep. <laughs> um, hey, so before we get into the rest of the episode, we'll just do a qu- very quick... Question of the week. What's the question of the week, Josh? Who is your all-time favourite cartoon character and why? Oh. Oh, you know, just one of, you know, you might have top top three or something. That's that's cool. That's cool. Um, Does it have to be strictly, like, are we talking television shows? Are we talking comics? What are we talking um, I'm going to say like, it's got to be like an animated cartoon character. So whether it's okay. in a movie or a TV show, yep. I yep. would say those are the two options. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty easy for me. Like, I think honorable mentions would be things like Garfield or Baba. Um, <laughs> okay. I, loved... I wasn't expecting you to be a Garfield kind of guy, but all right. right when, I, when I was a kid, we had a family friend who used to collect Garfield comic books and she would lend them to me and I would just like devour them. Like, I loved ah. Garfield, man. I loved Garfield. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up on Garfield. I grew up watching like Baba and um, uh, a lot of different cartoons as all kids do. But I probably would have to say my favorite cartoon of all time would be Arthur from Arthur. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I can still think, I can still, you know, listen to the song in my head. I remember my favorite characters, my favorite episodes. I loved Arthur. Hey, Arthur, A A R D V R A R K, you know, <laughs> the Aardvark. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I love learning. I love learning all these things about you. It's so fun. <laughs> I feel like we're in couples therapy or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah. I know. I never really got into it. Okay. I don't know why. I just never. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Um. I don't know. I I I struggle with. I asked this question. I was thinking to myself. I'm sure I'll come up with an answer by the time Jesse answers. But <laughs> should I expound more on my love for Garfield, uh, for <laughs> Arthur rather? Sorry to to give you time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> 
I always really, you know, I guess like probably the one that I watched the most as a kid and still have fond memories of would probably be like Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Okay. I was either um, going to say for you Goku or Ash from Pokemon or maybe even I, Brock. Ooh. Brock. I'll turn my trusty frying pan to a drying pan. <laughs> um, I No, I never really connected much with the like Pokemon characters. Okay. I liked Pokemon as a franchise, but just not the characters in the show. But okay. I guess I like Goku. But then, I don't know. I also really liked Angry Beavers, and I still have a big soft spot for both of, you know, Norbert and, and Daggett. I vaguely Beavers. know of them, but I don't think I ever watched them growing up. I watched them a lot okay. growing up. So, yeah. 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 Maybe, okay, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with the two, like as in Norbert and Daggett, because you can't really pick one or the other. They're okay. like yin and yang, you know what right. I mean? Right, right. No, that's but, cool. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, let us know um, on social, or you can email us who your favorite cartoon character could I, is. Could I add character. a? Could I add a sub a subcategory? <laughs> sure. Of adult cartoons, right? Like not like uh, adult as in pornographic, but adult as in like grown up <laughs> cartoons, right? If are there that many grown up cartoons? Bro, there's so many. There are so many. Like, like yeah, I there's. Guess so. There's Final Space, <laughs> there's Family Guy, there's Rick and Morty, there's so many. It's true. Um, so, if I was to pick one grown-up cartoon, it would be <laughs> Comic Book Guy from The Simpsons. Oh, right. I okay, well, mine would, pro- mine would probably be Fry from Futurama then. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's great. Yep. That's great. Yep. <laughs> but what about Zoidberg? Okay. <laughs> no, it's never Zoidberg. I do love the professor though. Good yeah, news, yeah. everyone. <laughs> oh, such a good show. Yeah. Uh, all right. So into the content. Good right. news, everyone. We're heading into the content. Um, so basically, the reason we wanted to talk about coronavirus is because. Basically, what we've seen, the biggest thing we've seen is that it's really stirred up a lot of chaos and fear in people. Yeah. Um, like, to be honest, I think, like, the media has been somewhat irresponsible in it at times, like, just using it for headlines. <laughs> what, you mean the mainstream media? Irresponsible with a potentially dangerous situation for profit? Why would they do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I've been really appalled by some of the news sources here in New Zealand and the way they're handling it. I just think it's so over the top and just scaring people. So unnecessary. And then you couple that with, like, the sort of dumb things you see on Facebook, which I guess some of it is legitimate. Like, if you go to... Woolworths or whatever and then there's no toilet paper at all yeah that's yeah. a pretty big that's a pretty big uh, downer on the day really absolutely yeah no and I think I, I agree with you like I'm not as tuned into the mainstream media as you are I don't really watch the news I get most of my news online but what I've seen um, yeah I've, I've been disappointed well actually no I won't say that I haven't been disappointed I've been I've been whelmed like I, 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 you kind of expect it, right? Like I, I haven't been, I haven't been overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I have just been like, yeah, this is what the media does, and like that sounds kind of cynical. And like I'm not like you know one of those internet troll like here yeah, mainstream media sucks, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think I think the way that the world has has um, reacted to coronavirus um, is definitely telling of 
the world that we live in. In fact, <laughs> this is probably going to scare some people. It definitely made me concerned when I watched it. But YouTube, funnily enough, through their all-powerful algorithm the other day, recommended me a TED Talk by Bill Gates. Um, and the TED Talk was from about five years ago. I also got recommended this. Okay, right. So yep. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I it's, didn't watch it though, so... Okay, well, I'll tell you what he said. Basically, he said that the world, uh, specifically the West, we're prepared for terrorist attacks. Uh, we're prepared for certain natural disasters. The one thing that the West is 100% not prepared for is a pandemic. Um, we, our infrastructure... Our reaction time, our research facilities, um, our uh, public health programs are not prepared to handle a full-scale um, pandemic. He used the example of the Spanish flu and he shared basically uh, the Spanish flu happened in, in the early 1900s and he basically projected that if a similar pandemic like the Spanish flu broke out again... Um, this is around the SARS virus sort of era that he's talking about this, which was a big hubbub as well, but ultimately we got it under control. He said that if something like SARS or the Spanish flu broke out, the world would absolutely be devastated because we live in a world that is highly connected, but we also live in a world, as he says, that is not prepared to deal with the highly connected um, way that people and goods are transmitted and, and, and transported throughout the world. So when I saw that, I was like, YouTube algorithm, that is not a good thing that I want to be watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat and, helpful, but maybe would have been helpful two years ago. Why didn't you recommend it then? <laughs> right, right. Yep. And judging from the comment section, a lot of people were also watching it around the same time going, okay, this is not the right time to watch it. Um, but I suppose what might be good is to revisit that little um, disclaimer that we spoke to at the very beginning of the episode. And shall we just talk some raw numbers, like what's happened in the last couple of weeks and sure. months and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and where we're at right now. So um, we've got some data out of the World Health Organization. Um, this is good as of the recording of this episode, but I fully expect that within a few days, this is going to be totally outdated. So as of the recording of this episode, 10th of March, 2020, this is where we sit as far as the statistics. Um, as of right now, there are 110,071 coronavirus COVID-19 cases. Um, there have been 3,830 deaths, 3,830 deaths. There have been 62,000 280 recovery cases so um, of the 110 odd thousand people that are currently or have been diagnosed with COVID-19 almost 4,000 people have died 3,800 might be closer to 4,000 in a few days have died and 62,000 of those people have recovered they have recovered without a vaccine because there is currently no vaccine um, that is widely used and we're probably not going to be getting a vaccine for some time those are the those are just the raw numbers that's what we're looking at right now this is from the world health organization so this is not you know 
from Reddit or whatever. Um, we also have we also have some uh, breakdowns of those people that have died, and it's really interesting of those people who have died, um, who amongst them uh, rank in terms of age. So, Josh, do you want to break that down for us? Yeah. Um, so, from pretty much the ten to well zero to nine year olds, no fatalities at all. Uh, ten to nineteen. 0.2%, same with 20 to 29 years old, same with 30 to 39 year old. So each one of those brackets individually have a 0.2% um, death rate. 40 to 49 is a 0.4% death rate. 50 to 59, 1.3. 60 to 69, 3.6. 70 to 79, 8.0. Uh, 80 plus years old, so that's a much bigger category. Uh, is 14.8%. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So, um, the overall, I believe, and this might have changed again, we're just dealing with current figures, but the other statistic that I've heard is that um, COVID-19 has about a 2 to 3% on the whole um, fatality rate for anybody who is, who is infected. So, that's... You basically have a 97 to 98 percent chance of surviving, and the numbers that we shared of the 110,000, only 3,800 have died, reflect that. Um, hmm. So, even if you do get diagnosed with the with the virus, you still have a very high chance of surviving it. Now, obviously, the statistics, the age statistics that Josh broke down tells us like you don't have to be an expert to see what those numbers are telling us they're telling us that the younger and healthier you are the higher chance you have of actually surviving in fact if you are between the ages of 0 and 40 or 0 and 39 you actually have a 99.8% chance of of surviving the disease which is seems pretty good to me i don't know it seems pretty good (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah (laughs) um yeah and i guess like the the fear really comes in like the fact that the the disease is sort of spreading all over and i think people are more just worried about those who are more vulnerable yeah yeah Yeah. for sure if you have a pre-existing condition and if you're between the ages well if you're basically 60 plus there is definitely a concern there and if you have a pre-existing condition um, a lowered immune system anything like that uh, that should be cause for concern Um, and that is probably definitely a cause of concern for all of us who have ailing and aging relatives that's probably where it hits home the most for each one of us Um, but even amongst those cases the people who have died from coronavirus have been people who already were and there's no delicate way to put this on their way down in a way they were sick with something else they had a um, compromised immune system due to something that's happened in the past and uh, they were susceptible not just to COVID-19 but to any disease so it just happened that COVID-19 got to them before something else did yeah because I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard like more people percentage-wise Wait, is it percentage-wise? Oh, now I'm not sure. More people pass away from just the common flu than necessarily, yeah. like, exactly oh, yeah. coronavirus. Yes, yeah. yes. So that's, like, 
I think you kind of get... And, like, a, the coronavirus, the COVID-19, is pretty much, like, just a flu. From what I understand it, it's Correct. just a different strain. Yeah, the symptoms are very similar to flu-like symptoms. You know, uh, shortness of breath, trouble breathing, um, fever, um, congestion, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are definitely feeling it, whether they're far away or whether they're close. Um, northern Italy, for example, I wouldn't probably want to be in Northern Italy right now. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, Karina and I uh, went away two weekends ago to Australia and the amount of people that we saw on the plane with face masks uh, was quite frightening. Um, even when it came to the uh, airport staff coming in to clean the plane after we left, I was watching them as I was leaving my plane and they were in full-on like uh, rubber suits with gas masks and, and goggles and everything like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even I think we flew over just before you and I was yeah. shocked just seeing all the um, airport staff in Australia all wearing the masks and gloves and I'm like, I've never seen like an Australian airport like this before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really jarring to see just yeah and i i think seeing stuff like that does yeah like kind of freak you out you know it might you might blow it out of proportion in your head when you see that i mean they're just taking precautions because they're you know obviously living in a place where like like working in a place where there are people from all around the world like so obviously they need to take the most care being in airports but when you see that at your own like home country airport it's pretty i think it like it sparks a lot of like concern i think no, definitely. Even um, when we were coming back from Australia, uh, the final flight that we had, uh, we got news that somebody w- that had been diagnosed with coronavirus was on the flight before us to oh. Palmerston North on the same plane, but not the same plane, not the same flight that we were that we were on. She had just returned with her family from Northern Italy to Palmerston North. So we have one to three confirmed cases even here right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. What, in Palmerston North or just in... they've been quarantined. That's crazy. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) I haven't heard about that guy in Auckland who his wife got it and then he got it, but he was at a tool concert. On yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's a very specific demographic of New Zealand that's just about to take a hit from. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, oh, that's crazy though that he was at a concert. I mean, if you were at that concert, you'd be, yeah, 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 you could be moshing up against him, you just don't know. Yeah, and a mosh pit is definitely a way to transfer all sorts of oh. germs. Oh boy. Can confirm. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so I think we've gone far enough into like, like we're kind of on the edge of like this is crazy and where you're panicking about it but that's not the point of this whole discussion right like that's yeah. what we're actually here to address yeah i think i think when 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 you're a, a christian like when you're following jesus you are called to sort of see the world differently and the things that happen in the world differently and it's not always easy it's easy for us to get caught up in the hype and i have seen um, a number of people over like hype this up in the name of Christianity too, 
and I think some of that has been a bit, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on someone else's beliefs, but I've seen people overhyping this as like, you know, one of the plagues of revelation kind of thing, right. you know, like this right. is a sign of the end. Um, and I'm like, okay, it's like, it's definitely like, you know, becoming a global issue, but yeah. like, come on, it's not, a, it's not at that sort of level. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like you're kind no. of making it something it's not. We don't yeah. know. Okay, we don't know the full effects of current, like of COVID COVID nineteen. Like we don't know how far it'll go and what what it'll do. But from where I'm sitting right now, just from my armchair um, medical degree. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Well, I don't know. Just from what I'm seeing and conversations I've had with medical professionals in my church and stuff about it, they're all like, I mean, yeah, it's it's big, but it's not like going to be. It doesn't seem to be a, a kind of disease that's going to end the world or something. Yeah. I you know. I, I think I think that there is a pattern that I've seen emerge and it's always it's always there and it's really really horrible of something tragic or horrible happens in the world and then the same Christian leaders jump on it like it's a live hand grenade and they make all these really um they make all these really uh, blatant and uh, outlandish claims about how this is impacting um, the world and how this impacts the future and the lens through which we understand biblical prophecy. And I think as uh, Seventh-day Adventists in our, at least in our faith tradition, we're kind of, we should, we're kind of the worst at this in a way. Like we're, yeah. we're definitely not the worst, but we definitely rank up there amongst the, um, the most sort of panicky, uh, you know, just jump on this thing as it comes up sort of people because, I, well, I was just going to say, I was just going to explain why, but in some ways I don't know why. Maybe it's our heritage of the Millerite movement or, or whatever, but we just seem yeah. to do this every time. Yeah, and like, I mean, obviously, I resonate with the words of Jesus when he he talks about like having an eye, like keeping an eye out on the signs of the times and all that kind of thing, which is totally fair. I think you need to be aware of what's going on and like having an eye for what's going on in this time of the world and hey, what what did Jesus teach us about this and and what are we supposed to do in response to this? Um, But I think just... We have people in in our like church globally who just take that way too far, and they try and I don't know. It's almost like a yeah, they're, they're like just trying to make things become like oh, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, if you if you just cast your mind back to like two months ago, what was everybody saying about the bushfires in Australia? Like it's God's judgment on Australia for passing you know gay marriage or whatever it might be. You know like that's or people aren't pious enough we talked about this um i think with ty gibson all the way back in january you know like that's the mentality that some people have and now coronavirus is around and again i don't want to give any traction to anybody but there are certain people that when you're talking when you're listening to us talking about these people you know exactly who we're talking about you know i just saw one uh recently not an adventist uh, but a baptist preacher and this whole thing was, is coronavirus God's judgment against the world? Or, or you oh know, my goodness. like that's yeah. a few a few months ago, just when coronavirus was just starting out, there was a YouTuber that I saw that said, is coronavirus God's judgment against China 
specifically because it has such strict anti-religious laws. And it's like, well, China is cracking down on Christians. They're burning Bibles. They're shutting down churches. They're putting Christian leaders in jail. This must be God's judgment against them. And it's like, well, yeah, China has done some pretty shady things and they're not, um, you know, the most uh, generous and, and peaceful and lovely government in the world. But they're doing way worse things to Muslims right now than they are to Christians. And are we just going to stay silent about that? Or are we going to get up in arms because they're doing something to Christians and we're going to blame coronavirus like this is God raining down like he rained down the plagues of on Pharaoh? I, I just think that's it's such a stretch. It is such a stretch. Yeah. And every time something new comes out, um, we just jump on it. And it just, oh, it's crazy to me, man. It's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I say, I, I will say, like, I am grateful as an as an Adventist, we don't seem to have that narrative coming out of our church as much that, you know, this horrible event happens, that's his judgment on this specific people for their sins. Like, yeah, I'm grateful. Like, I hear that coming from other denominations. I don't hear it very much from ours. Um, but I think the one that we do hear from ours is like, oh, this is a sign of the end, to, you sure. know, that Jesus is coming soon. And I mean, okay. I want Jesus to come soon just as much as anybody, right? But yeah. <laughs> And so I'm not like saying that this isn't a, possibly a sign of that, but I guess like it just seems like they'll overhype anything to, to <laughs> like put it at that level of like, this is definitely like what this specific verse is talking about in Revelation or whatever, like definitely this. Look, And they tie all these things together and... I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like I feel like it. I feel like because we read out, because like we've read the Bible, we've seen it. I feel like we'll know, like when it's actually the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll just know. <laughs> it's kind of like when you <laughs> when you meet the one who you're going to marry, you just know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the end of the world is like meeting the person that you're destined to spend your the rest of your life with. That's that's the analogy that you're going with. Well. I guess I am, but uh, that doesn't seem wise now that I look at it in retrospect. But no, you know I'm what just, I mean. I like, I'm just being yeah, a like, jerk. <laughs> I just feel like if you're wise and discerning, you'll like we'll be able to figure out figure it out. I don't know, but I think I think yeah. human beings. I think ever since the earliest formations of spiritual sects and cults and religions, human beings have been obsessed with acquiring and guarding secret knowledge i think i think we've just been obsessed with it you know like that's what that's what the early christians um had to deal with with the gnostic cults and many of the other cults surrounding like you know paul talks to the colossians about the an angel worshiping cult and all of these religions and all of these sects and all these cults revolve around I have secret knowledge that has been imparted to me either by God or by some other wise oracle and it's my duty to either guard it or it's my duty to give it out to the world and if that's totally crazy well it doesn't matter because it's secret knowledge I think we're just obsessed with that I think we're obsessed with feeling like we've been given something special and unique and we have to justify our thought patterns, our religious formulations by proving how right we are and how much better we are for for having this information. Mm, yeah, that's... I would say, yeah, you, you see that a lot, that kind of like, oh, I have this I have this information and you don't. I have this power. Like, I can lord it over you, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
that's very yeah that's a very true observation i hadn't thought of, i hadn't thought about this in that context um we'll uh we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about maybe our our what our response to the, what we think a better response to all this would be so we'll be right back okay so what would maybe a better response to this situation look like that's the question we want to tackle and unpack in the second half of the podcast yeah well i i think that you touched on it earlier um and i think really a mature christian response i'm not going to say like a better or a more whatever but i think a mature christian response would be to acknowledge that maybe things are bad but be realistic about where things are and also be realistic about where our priorities lie um we're all human beings we're all flawed we all have our faults and our um our weaknesses and it as you say said at the beginning josh it's easy to get caught up with panic and hysteria um because we're all susceptible to that to a lesser or greater degree but when i look at the history of the church and i look at what the church has endured whether it's the rise and fall of empires conquest torture persecution disease um genocide the whole the whole spectrum of what the church has endured ever since the days of jesus all the way to the modern era and i look at covid19 when you take all of history into account this is nothing more than a tiny blip in the story that is god's people in the world on the way to the kingdom Hmm. um and that might sound very grandiose and that might sound, you know, like a little bit condescending on like the realities of life. But in, in, in all seriousness, uh, the church and people have endured far worse than this and they've gotten through it and it's been okay. Yeah, totally. Like God, God has this way of carrying his people through um, like crazy <laughs> really crazy things in history like honestly um like when you look at like you think look at things like the dark ages and like yeah um the um yeah well like the spanish flu and all that kind yeah. of stuff and the, the plague the black the plague. plague yeah what was that one third of europe passed yeah. away from that like yeah. that's insane yeah um but yeah but that's the thing like the church is still here god's still doing his thing he's still moving in people's lives yeah even amongst all that chaos and um through the other side of that yeah i think that there's a a hope that a follower of jesus has that nobody else has it's 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 unique to us and it's what the early christians had to deal with on a day-by-day basis because life and death were often not very far apart from each other you know you might wake up one day and you might be dead the next and you just never knew in the ancient world where death was so common you could be pulled out of your home and your family could be killed and you could be nailed to a cross or or, or worse that that was a reality that first second and third century christians and certainly until christianity was legalized in the empire that's what they had to deal with um and so the early christians they had this incredible faith and in the, even today, there are Christians in the Middle East and in China and in other countries where um, 
the faith of, of Jesus is not, um, is not legal, they have this faith that man can do whatever they went, want to the body, but reality is that God holds everyone together and that there's a part of you that cannot be killed. There's a part of you that cannot be taken away from you. It's the, it's the part of you that has faith and that, that knows that Jesus can resurrect your body, even if men kill it. And that is, as I say that, like, I feel like a hypocrite because like, I've never had to be in that situation. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know what, what it would be like if I ever was in that situation. Would I, oh, fully, yeah. you know, but that's what early Christians had. Yeah. And I think that's the thing in the Western world, we live in this super safe bubble where nothing, nothing can touch me almost like you yeah. just feel so safe and secure. And then something like what well, we see with coronavirus and it starts coming into our territory and we're like, whoa, 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 why I'm being, I have to change my life for this. I'm being affected <laughs> by this. This is a pandemic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, this yeah. is, I can't believe this. And I think, um, yeah. And, but that's the thing. Like we, we have to have that hope that like that, that sort of grit that, that got the early church through those insanely difficult circumstances uh, and I think we, I don't know, we've grown soft. As soon as something gets a bit too hard, we're like, nah, I've got other options, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I think that's possibly what really has um, devastated the church in the West, especially in the West, is that as Christianity has become ingrained with the culture, and we don't live in that Christian culture anymore. We live in a post-Christian or even a post-post-Christian culture, Um certainly a post postmodern culture that's not the reality that we live in and you know part of the critique of christianity certainly in the 20th century was that people didn't really live their faith you know um the late great comedian george carlin once said that christianity is a great idea it's just a shame that nobody's ever tried it you know and that mm. th- that's been the critique that you know christianity in theory is a nice idea but who actually can live it and who actually has lived it um Certainly in the 20th century, it seemed that Christianity was a faith all about verbal assent, about intellectual ideas, not about that real grit that Josh was talking about, not that, that sort of, that sort of uh, movement that actually transforms the way that you live every moment and the way that you conduct every thought and action. Um, but when I think about, you know, what those early Christians did... Um, it, it makes me feel like, man, we we wouldn't be here without the bravery and the courage of those first century men and women. We wouldn't be here being able to talk about Jesus and have faith in Jesus if they didn't stand up to the empire, if they didn't stand up to tyranny, if they didn't actually choose to give their lives, if that was what was required of them um, for what they believed in. And so I think that should cause us to take pause and it should cause us to re-examine what does my faith consist of? Is my faith built on the solid rock of, of Christ and the, the courage and the, you know, the love that is built into that, into that foundation? Or are we, like in the parable, building our house on the sand? Mm. Wow. I, uh, I know we don't... We don't... We don't do a whole lot of Bible study sort of thing on this podcast, but uh, I just wanted to share, like I preached on this passage last, just this last Saturday at church. Um, and John fourteen twenty seven 
This is the words of Jesus. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that passage. It's so... Ing- I mean, it, it can be really used as like a cliche a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... I think in these times of trouble and chaos, Christians are kind of meant to be the ones with their foundations in in the rock, like what you're talking about and sort of stable amidst all this chaos. And, and you know, like we're mm-hmm. the ones who are, who are meant to be level and be okay. Even though, yeah, obviously, like your lifestyle might change. You might have to make... You might have to take precautions, all that sort of stuff. And yeah, you might be concerned, but ultimately you're grounded. Um, the reason I preached on that passage was because I've been looking back into the, the word shalom and its mm. meaning, like the, the Hebrew word for peace, which is what when Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience, even though he's using the word, he's like, you know, obviously using it in a New Testament language and it gets translated to Irene in the Greek. But when he's talking to a Jewish audience, obviously the kind of peace they're thinking of is shalom. Um, and I love like the the way like the word shalom works is kind of like it gets used for a whole lot of things in the Old Testament. It's when relationships are made right. It's when um, like, you know, if you if your like neighbor, I don't know, if your ox goes and destroys your neighbor's farm and then you go and give them compensation you're actually making you're you're bringing shalom to the relationship again you're bringing that wholeness and completeness back and sort of shalom is when you've got this big complicated thing but it's all working together as it should be or it's like if you've got like a brick wall and every brick is in its right place mm. and that's the thing like the kind we're supposed to have this peace in our hearts and it's like you know that every Every brick is in its place. Everything mm. is as it should be. God is working all of this together. And yeah, there might be problems, but you're trusting that God is going to work through it. Yeah. I think that's the tension that we live in as as followers of Jesus, because we live in a world that is so obviously messed up. That's obviously everything is not okay. Yeah. And yet we are called to live as if everything is okay, as if the shalom... Um, that was promised is here that the kingdom uh, of God is reigning even though in many places it feels like it's not and so it's it's I I think that we often conflate uh, this message with if you just believe hard enough everything is going to be fine you know (laughs) if you just have faith God will magically fix all your problems and I believe that God is interested in the small things in the little things but I think what Jesus is asking us to do is is to live and behave as though everything is okay, even when it's not. Um, and that's not like a blind faith. Let's just pretend like everything's okay and let's just walk around like everything's fine when things are falling apart. No, it's like it's like we are saying that we believe that the kingdom that is here is not the true kingdom, that there is a greater kingdom a greater government, a greater law, a greater ruling body that actually supersedes our current situation and that one day its inauguration and its its establishment is going to be fully set up. And that's mm. the kingdom that we live in. Woo! Can't wait. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, in the, and that's the thing, Jesus also, he talks about, blessed are the peacemakers you know yeah. so we're also kind of called in a way to go out and bring that like 
it's like that that picture of ultimate peace that we have we're supposed to bring a slice of that to everywhere that we can in our lives all around yeah. us where yeah. we're the ones who are called to be bringing peace where there's disruption chaos fear and all that jazz yeah. you know it's Jesus like, doesn't say he doesn't say blessed are the peace wishes or the peace hopers <laughs> he says yeah. blessed are the people who make peace yeah which is it's hard you know making peace can be hard and bringing peace in especially chaotic seasons like what we're seeing at the moment it can be really difficult yeah it like it can be hard to calm people down and like let's be honest some people like the chaos i think yeah. that's why the memes took off so quickly with with coronavirus it's just like people are like oh i can meme this and make lots of internet points <laughs> and get lots of attention for it um and you know like memes are memes are great i love memes i'm not having to go at them but like some people just sort of revel in chaos and revel in in fear and, and profit off it in a way but i don't think we're called to that we're yeah. we're actually called to bring peace yeah and in, and that that stillness in the storm that that jesus that jesus has for us all yeah yeah there was a there was an early christian leader um saint augustine of hippo which um, apparently Hippo was a place. He wasn't St. Augustine of the Hippo. Um, <laughs> St. Augustine the Hippo? <laughs> <laughs> His, uh, yeah, anyway. He rode um, a Hippo to work every day. That would be <laughs> incredible. I would have way more respect for, His cousin, for anybody. His, co- His cousin was Jeremiah, who was a bullfrog. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so dumb. So, so Augustine lived during a really tumultuous time in Western history. He, he lived through basically the fall the final fall of the roman empire and he was a christian um, leader in his time and he ended up writing a classic um to like to to this day a classic the city of god um and if you want to go and read it it's a very short read great read but he reflects on what's going on around him at at the time of the fall of the roman empire and he reflects on sort of his place in it and the church's place in it and i just love to share this little bit from his book he says god does not raise up citadels of stone and marble for us outside of this world he raises up citadels of the holy spirit for us citadels of love which could never collapse which will forever stand in glory when this world has been reduced to ashes rome has collapsed and your hearts are outraged by this. Rome was built by men like yourself. Since when did you believe that men had the power to build things that are eternal? But your souls, filled with the light of the Holy Spirit, will not perish. Dang. St. Augustine of Hippo. <laughs> the man. That is, that is good. <laughs> that so is he really see, good. He sees everything. Because the fall of the Roman Empire wasn't just an economic fall it wasn't just slow it was a slow gradual fall but the final years and decades of the, the the empire they were violent they were filled with with horror they were filled with horrible things to innocence um barbarian tribes completely reducing cities to ash raping and pillaging murder and mayhem um theft and, and and thievery it was a a lawless tumultuous chaotic time and yet, in the midst of all of this, he has the wherewithal and the foresight to be able to pen these words, which is insane, you know? And his contemporaries may have thought him insane to have peace 
and to have shalom throughout this time. But he's saying, no, even though we live in a tumultuous time, in a chaotic time, God is saying there are certain things that are never going to pass away. Your faith is never going to pass away. If you choose, your peace can never pass away because God is in control ultimately. Though it might not seem like it right now, God is in control and he is calling you to live and act like he is in control. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's, again, it's not it's not easy. Like, it's kind of easy for us to talk about. But, yeah, it, it's hard to put into practice when you're in the midst of it, you know? Yeah. But I guess this is something we have to ground ourselves in again. We have to burn away, you know, all, all that complication and just be regrounded again. Um, and asking for that peace when you need it. Like, just as a practical, like, just praying for peace in your heart is such an incredible prayer to pray. Yeah. And a peace, like, in the midst of it all. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Yeah, yeah I'm... Yeah, I don't know. I feel convicted by this, you know, <laughs> by the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else we should touch on? Are you happy with that? I think that's it. Wash your hands, guys. Stay safe. Be wise. And live as though we're in a peaceful place, in a peaceful time, because ultimately we are citizens not of the kingdoms of this world, but of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom is coming because the king is on the throne. Yeah. yeah. Don't panic in a pandemic. Have Keep peace. calm and He has overcome. On. Yes. <laughs> yeah ah that's good all right well anyway hey but we'd love to know your thoughts um get in contact with us uh you know on social or but you know the best way to find everything burn the haystack is of course at burn the haystack.org awesome um and if you haven't already please uh, i would love it if you would subscribe to this uh podcast you can find us on any podcatching app of choice um, you can also find us on YouTube now. So just go to youtube.com and search Burn the Haystack. You can watch our ugly mugs instead of just listening to our <laughs> ugly voices. No, I think we got some pretty good voices. Like, oh, thanks, I don't know. man. Our voices are okay. Yeah. I feel like you have a real radio voice. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Depends <laughs> on the day. Okay. Anyway, um, and if you haven't already, please leave us a review on whatever podcatching app uh, you have available to you. It really helps us get out there. Uh, helps us to spread, much like COVID-19. Uh, anyway, all right. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't help joke. myself. You knew that it was coming. <laughs> Save me. All right, finish this off, Josh. Did, yeah, let's get out of here. That is Josh and Jesse out. Thank <laughs> you.